This is a Cincy fan talking with LP. You can catch me on Twitter. That's a Cincy fan talking. You say it like it sounds, just leave off the G. If you have ideas for the show, you can reach me at Cincy underscore fan talk at yahoo.com. If you have any suggestions for the show, make sure you leave them there. Who knows? You might find yourself as part of the show. Any feedback would be definitely appreciated. And also, make sure you hit the link tree page that's on my Twitter. Make sure you click on that. You can find all the different ways to contact me there. Enjoy the show. What's up? What's up? What's going on, podcast fans? All, all the homies out there, what's going on, y'all? Welcome to another episode of A Cincy Fan Talking with LP. And of course, this is yours truly, LP. Um, we're gonna keep this kind of sort of tight tonight. Um, it, it it's been a it's been a busy week, y'all. School and <laughs> shit, school. <laughs> You know, dropping the kids out, picking them up, getting everything ready for the next day. I mean, that that's really the best part about adulting. I, I really think it's the hardest part, y'all. You do everything successful in a day, you get it all done, and you get the grand prize. You get to do it again the next day. That's that that's the hardest part about being an adult. There, there's no like super duper big gift at the end of the rainbow. Until you really understand what's at the end of the rainbow, y'all. Like, you see your kids all straight. You kind of see yourself building up and everything. And that that's kind of the end of the rainbow. You can't really see it grinding from Monday to Friday. And then from Monday to Friday. But when you kind of look back a few years from now, you'll be like, damn, it's all worth it. Like, it's all good. But... I'll bust out the philosophy stuff a little later. Um, This episode is like that song, second verse, same as the first. Like <laughs> that, That's what this is. You're going to hear a lot of the same the same stuff you heard from last week as far as the Bengals are concerned because the Bengals lost the exact same way. Let me, let me paint you a picture of the past couple of weeks in, in the LP household. You get all gassed up, you throw on your Bengals gear. All of the kids got on the Bengals gear. Wifey got on the Bengals gear. You you get amped up, you get ready to watch the Bengals play. And it's like real flatline activity for the first two and a half quarters. <laughs> That's basically what it is. Like the game start at one or the game start at four thirty. And then the Bengals wake up about three o'clock or about six thirty. And it's if it's frustrating to us, it has to be extremely frustrating to the Bengals because we don't get paid for this. I think I put a tweet out about that too. It's like if we're more frustrated than the coach, because he didn't seem as frustrated at first because he said he wasn't frustrated. If we're more frustrated than him, that's problematic. And I really feel like in my soul that he realized probably ripped him a new one. 
Like, look, man, we can't keep coming out flat. We can't depend on the defense to pick us up for so long because, you know, they get tired. You know, you human beings out here, right? You play as hard as you can. You get the ball back for the offense. The offense is supposed to ball out this year. And the offensive line looks like it did last year. It looked like a sieve, man. It's it, it's deflating. <laughs> as a fan, it's deflating to wait a whole week to see that. And we don't even get paid. So however you feel as a fan, compound that by about 17 times. That's how the players feel. I mean, they do. We can't sit up here and go like they're not giving maximum effort because I'm sure they are. There's just certain times in the game where they just play flat. It just seems like they feel like they can turn up another gear whenever they feel like. And in real talk, that's the definition of a Super Bowl hangover. That's what it is. And I know a lot of people don't want to say it. I know a lot of people are like, nah, man, it ain't that. It happens, man. It's, it's the cost of doing business. You succeed at the almost the highest level you possibly can. You you hit one of your super huge goals. Even you as a person out there, you feel me? You hit the goal that you set that you set for yourself. You're gonna come out flat the next couple days at work. You're gonna come out flat at home because you did what you wanted to do. It's kind of like you gotta re you gotta recalibrate. You gotta you gotta set more goals. If you almost hit that goal, it's like you have to figure out what to do to get to the next step. And that's hard, man. Like, that's difficult. I mean, Super Bowl hangover is real. I mean, that's a life hangover, man. That that stuff is real. It happens. It happens to you. It happens to me. It happens on the job. It happens at home. And the thing about the Bengals is they have the pieces to get it done. I mean, they're 0-2, and we're not tripping at all because we see how they're losing. They kick up that gear right when you think they can't. I, I cannot count how many times I was like, you know what? It's time to turn the channel. I don't even want to see this. I know how it's going to go. I mean, what are they down? 10 nothing, 14 nothing. No offensive spark in sight. The defense was like, they're about to give it up. They're about to sell. Like, And all of a sudden, you see it taking the turn. You see them riding the ship, and all of a sudden, the offense kick it in the gear. And it's like, we're about to do it. We're about to win a game that we shouldn't win. We really about to pull this out. And then some wild shit happened. <laughs> just, just, some, just some wild shit just started happening, and you go like, dang, we just lost a game we should have won. But we shouldn't have won it in the first place because we should have got blown out from jump. That's been two games in a row. The same thing twice in a row. And if you're thinking you're crazy, you're not. It's the same stuff. For me, because I like to keep it simple. I, I, I like things simple. I'm a simplistic I'm a simplistic guy. It is how I get through life. I keep it simple. For the Bengals, I feel like it's two things. Two things. Number one. Protect Joey franchise. None of this stuff that we want the Bengals to do this year. None of the explosive plays. None of the uh, jet sweeps to Jamar Chase. Uh, none of the the hitch and go routes. None of that works if Joe can't get time to throw. It just doesn't. 
And if he's not getting time to throw, then there's no way Mixon's getting time to run. It's not happening. You can't be a great passing team and a bad running team. Even the teams that didn't run as much, like you think about all the prolific offenses, even if they didn't run the ball that much, when they did run the ball, they ran it well enough to make you fear it on certain plays. So I'm not saying every offense has to have like a thousand yard back. I mean, this is a new NFL. I mean, we, we kind of promote the pass, but the run has always set up the pass. If you look through the history of time in football, you run to set up the pass. I mean, back in the day, we had some teams that ran the run and shoot offense, you know, Houston, Atlanta, Detroit a little bit. And, you know, they, they passed the ball a lot, y'all. Real talk, like four or five wide receivers every play. <laughs> like, look them up, for real. Look up run and shoot offense back in the day. But even those teams, your Houstons, your Detroits, they had solid running games. They had people that ran for 1,000 yards. I mean, Barry Sanders played on the Detroit teams, man. He used to get it in. So... Number one, the Bengals got to protect Joe. As they protect Joe, Mixon and Burrow, as they get them going, everything kind of plays off of that. Which leads me to number two. The Bengals must put emphasis on starting fast. However they decide to do it. There's so many different ways to kind of kick your team up and get them to where they can start fast. Run some trick plays. Uh, diversify your play calling. Uh, run pass, run pass. Like, kind of switch it up to where you're letting the fellas know, like, look, we got to start fast. So I'm putting in a different play set from what we're used to because we got to get the ball down the field. We can't go scoreless first quarter, scoreless second quarter, scoreless half of the third quarter, and then expect to win in the NFL. As we've learned, if you do that, it doesn't matter who you're playing. They're going to beat you. Because I feel like the Bengals have been better than both of the teams they played. Now, with Dallas, that's a little different because with Dak, I didn't I didn't think the Bengals could win. I, I thought it would be close, but I didn't think they could win. Without Dak, I'm like, look, we're about to get it. Like, we're about to get the dub. You know what, though? That Micah Parsons is a monster. Like, you know he's a monster when you're watching the game with wifey. And wifey go like, dang, why can't number 11 be on our team? <laughs> and I'm looking like, what? Yeah, that would be dope, wouldn't it? Like, <laughs> like Dallas won that game. They did what they needed to do early. And then they held on and took the game. Just like Pittsburgh did. And... People are going to start figuring out, like, look, hop on the Bengals early, fight that wave at the end, and then come out on top. So the Bengals got to start fast, man. And I say whatever they got to do, run some reverses, a flea flicker, first play, 88 straight out, like, <laughs> just straight fly pattern. Like, whatever it takes to get the fellas going, like, look, we got to start fast. We got to get it in. We got to go up 10-0 on these jokers because... Real talk. 
I was getting it. Not in, I wasn't getting into it with some people on Twitter. Like <laughs> I was, I was talking with some folks on Twitter, and they were like, "Look, man, you y'all can't go zero and three. And when I when they say y'all, I mean they mean the Bengals. I don't play for the Bengals. I try not to say y'all too much because I mean I don't get paychecks for the Bengals. I'm not back there at center taking the hike. I'm not. I'm not running the ball. Nah. Mm-mm. <laughs> so. The Bengals cannot lose on Sunday. There are a lot of folks hitting me up going like, man, y'all y'all owe and two. The Bengals owe and two. It's it's a wrap. Y'all not y'all not making the playoffs. The Bengals not making the playoffs. And I'm like, I get that whole statistic about teams that go zero and two very rarely make the playoffs. But we talking about a seventeen game season, man. There's fifteen games left in the season. You telling me that. The Bengals are done because they went 0-2. What happens if they win the next three? Now we 3-2, right? Now the Bengals 3-2. So what are you talking about? However, if the Bengals go 0-3, if they lose games to the Steelers and the Jets, not only are the Bengals 0-3, but they just took two L's in the AFC and one in their division. It's very difficult to come from that, to come back from that early. It really is. So, if there was ever a game in September that was make or break, you looking at this one. I I cannot see the Bengals making the playoffs if they lose to the Jets. This would be another team that they should beat. We're looking at three consecutive teams that they should have beaten, and we're long done with the days where we can sit up here and be like yeah you know the Bengals almost had it you know they're they up and comers they, they they doing it big they, they'll get there soon it's not that anymore y'all we're we not there that bungle stuff is it's way past this time we're dealing with a team that has already tasted success they've already been there they got one more hurdle to climb but we're past the point where we can go like, you know, we could be 2-0 if it wasn't for this and if it wasn't for that. Nah, man. You are your record. <laughs> That's what you are. So, got to get this dub. Got to get this dub. Got to beat the Jets. Forget all the Mike White stuff. And Real, real talk, though, I, I got to say, the Bengals have had some piss-poor luck. <laughs> with backup QBs. And I feel like it's because the Bengals end up playing these backup QBs the first time that they get the job. There's no footage on these guys. There's no film. And it's like the Bengals are playing on the fly even though they had a week to prepare. So Joe Flacco got tape on tape on tape on tape. They should know what it takes to beat Joe. Plus, we've seen them first two games of the season, right? So, like we've all seen them, we should know what this is. I say the Bengals are going to come out first quarter and let people know, like, hey, <laughs> like my man Stringer on the wire, let them know we ain't dead yet. <laughs> Tell them the towers back up. They back up. Bengals 38, Jets 17. That's where I'm at. Bengals 38, Jets 17. LP, 
Where you getting that from? You ain't seen the Bengals put up that many points. Hey, it's happening. Real talk. So, make sure you check it out. You'll, you'll hear the lowdown from me about how I felt about it afterwards. But I'm telling you, man, they go 0-3. And especially if they lose the same way they lost the first two. You're going to see some people jumping off the boat. Me, myself, it, it won't be me. If I was going to jump off the boat, I would have jumped off 94, 95. Like, you know, in the, the dark ages of Bengals times. I would have jumped off then. I'm still here, so... <laughs> But I got the Bengals over the Jets, man. We're going to see how it play out. Um, like I said, I'm going to keep this tight, man. I'm going I'm to I'm go ahead and roll out. Um, but before I go, um, if you get a chance, um, if you want to stroll through um, Twitter and see the um, New York Undercover BET folks chopping it up and just talking straight reckless about what we watching make sure y'all follow through man it, it, it's a good time man like it's it, it, it's really a good time we we sit up there and just talk all types of mess about what we seeing and these two episodes coming on tonight first one at nine second one at ten unless it bleed over to nine ten or whatever because they show that dumbass celebrity family feud mess i don't know these are the last two episodes of season three of new york on the cover Here's why that's significant. Now, spoilers here involved. If you can spoil a show that last dropped in 98, <laughs> like if you can really spoil that show, spoilers. So if you don't want if you don't want to know what happens in the last two episodes, if you don't know already, then just go ahead and skip to the part where you hear me say life is good and then you get the socials. <laughs> just skip to that part. But these last two episodes, we consecutively see, <laughs> like, we really see these things happen in order. You watch Torres think about getting the ring, Torres finally getting the engagement ring, giving it to Nina, boom, we blow up in the car. And then the gentrification part of the show ends when McNamara gets killed, too. What the hell were they thinking when they did that? Like, you you kill off Torres, and then you bring the whole gang back. But wait, it's only JC and Nina. And then it's like three randos who we never seen before. And the entire focus of the show just changes. There's no music in the show for real now. There's really no element of what it was in the first three seasons let me let me be let me give it 100 with y'all it's trash there's one episode worth watching all of season four and the rest is like real live rando moments and, and then the the kicker the absolute <sighs> give me a moment i one moment i, I gotta breathe through this because every time I think about it, it pisses me off. JC and Nina sleep together. JC and Moreno. What the hell? Do in what world does that happen? JC and Torres were like partners. Literally partners. They had a scene in season one where they were kind of going through it. One of them didn't trust the other one. 
and JC's getting his head like shaved. You know, he's getting like a shave or whatever. And he looks up and he sees Toria standing over him with the um with the blade. And he's like, We gonna find out if you trust your partner or not. And he gives him a shave. Like that's a real key moment. You you see the bond between these two. Like you see just how tight they are. It it was real life like a marriage. Like sometimes I do stuff. And my wife gets absolutely pissed off. She look at me like, dude, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, this is this is the forever stuff that you're going to do, LP? Like, really? This is what you own? I got to put up this for life? But at some point, we look at each other and go like, what we fighting over is dumb. This is stupid. So we make up and it's all good. That's what, like, a cop partnership is like. That's what I learned from New York Undercover. I learned how important a cop relationship with their partner is. I, I didn't know this stuff as a kid. I'm looking like, dang, they real life tight. Like, they tight, tight. They don't make moves without each other. I'm like, that's that's real stuff. And as a man, as a black man, like, you didn't see stuff like that on television. Like, you really didn't. Like, you didn't see, especially in the 90s, you didn't really see black men bonding with other black men or Latino men in that way. Unless they were shooting each other or talking about shooting each other or rapping about shooting each other or some shit like that. <laughs> but it was like a real life, you my dog, I'm your dog, we gonna ride together. I will literally jump in front of a bullet for you, my guy. Like, I got you. <laughs> And then they they mess all of that up by having JC sleep with Moreno. Come on, man! It, I rank that as one of my top five jump the shark moments. That and the car blowing up at the end of season three. I'm like, what are you thinking? And whoo, there are very few. TV moments that get me as riled up as that. Like, even the wife, she goes like, dude, like, I'm mad with you. Like, <laughs> so we'll be watching this as, like, a New York undercover BET click. Like, we just kind of watch this and just kind of tweet back and forth and all that. And if I do end up watching season four, it'll be to see... My main man, Tommy Ford, rest in peace, Tommy Ford, because he had like a big role in this New York Undercover season four, which is the only saving grace of the show, real talk, to watch the one really good episode, which of course has Tommy Ford in it, and to chop it up with all the remaining homies while we just simply eviscerate all the season four. I mean, real talk. I, I, <laughs> But that that's really a saving grace. So, hey, if any of the New York Undercover BET homies watching this, man, um, stay strong. Um, I, I'll try to be up in there for as many episodes as I can. Uh, we'll all be distracted. <laughs> like, like, real talk, we won't be paying attention to it unless we see stuff to laugh about or to laugh at. I, I just don't see me looking at season four and going like, dang, this was actually good. I don't even remember how good it was. It's a, it's not going to happen. It's just bad. Whew. Appreciate y'all letting me get that out. I feel better.
<laughs> hey, but um, that's where I'm going to be at on Fridays. Um, if, if you get the urge, follow through. You, you, you know, we on Twitter doing it big on Friday nights. So, like I said, I'm going to keep this tight. I don't know, it's 23 minutes tight. Hey, it's tight up in here, right? <laughs> hey, man, uh, we're going to go ahead and ride out. Man, y'all make sure y'all have a safe rest of the week. Go Bengals. Let's get this dub. Um, R.I.P. Torres. <laughs> R.I.P. Mac. Okay. <laughs> R.I.P. McNamara. And, um, man, we out. Uh, y'all be safe. Y'all stay strong. And make sure y'all doing what y'all can to make it through the rest of the week. And to get to the next week so you can hear your boy. Life is good, y'all. Peace out. If you're not ready for the conversation to end, I'm not either. Make sure to catch me on Twitter. That's the Sensi Fan Talking. Leave off the G at the end of it and we can keep the conversation going. Also, don't be afraid to hit that subscribe button so you can catch the next episodes. The episodes will drop every Tuesday. If there's a change in that, I'll make sure to let you know. Appreciate the support. As always, life is good.